You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 436. People early in their marketing career tend to jump around and look for the shiny object in marketing. And the most important thing, whatever channel that you're going down in marketing, is to be consistent. Whatever channel you're doing, give it time, measure it over a significant period of time, certainly make adjustments and cut out marketing channels that, that don't work. But I see people jump between different methods, you know, two weeks here, two weeks there, two weeks there. And you're never going to be able to significantly increase your own lead gen activity if you're bouncing around constantly. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. Investor Grit presents Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. I'm your host, Chris Arnold, and got a very special guest today. Someone, Jeremy, I've been thinking back. I've probably met you, it had to be maybe nine, 10 years ago. I think uh, it was 10 years ago, yeah. It was like 10 years ago via Entrepreneur Organization, EO, YPO, if you guys are familiar with that. And let me tell you why I have Jeremy on today and why you want to plug in and literally pull out a notepad and pen. Jeremy is the person that I go to personally when I want to understand what the trends are around marketing, what has changed, what areas categorically we should be spending money as a company. And Jeremy, I'm going to let you introduce yourself a little bit on why you have the credibility, in my opinion, to speak on this more than most people out there that are talking about it right now. So Jeremy Brandt, welcome to the show. Give us your background and help us understand what you do really with your companies and what your involvement in real estate is as a whole, because it's very different than what most people are used to. Yeah, thanks, Chris. And I appreciate the opportunity to come and talk to your audience and share a little bit of my background on some of the stuff that we do. In the late 90s, was a tech guy doing a lot of things with internet startups and then got into house flipping. Uh, around 2000, 2001. And I really took all my techie background and applied it to the real estate investing business. And that really led to all of the companies that I have today. So for about almost 20 years, we've been doing lead generation for real estate investors, real estate agents, real estate brokers, specifically around motivated home sellers. So I think over the last almost 20 years, we've generated probably four or five million leads of home sellers that are contacting us to sell their house for cash to an investor under our fast home offer brand that we started back in early 2000s. And then about six or seven years ago, I started a company called webuyhouses.com that again is a real estate company centered around the idea of marketing and branding. And so we offer that as a license to real estate investors all over the country. They join our program. We provide a lot of the back-end marketing and branding support, TV, radio, billboard, online all that stuff to um, help them buy houses. And so really for the last 20 years, I've been in the middle of every day thinking about how do we generate motivated home seller leads for people in the real estate community. And fortunately, I've had the opportunity to be interviewed on lots of national media, Fox News, CNBC, CNN. Um, I was on Larry King Live. Uh, And so it's also been great to be able to share some of Uh, our expertise in the real estate market and what's happening with the market at large and especially your audience, Chris. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get to the meat of this. And if you're plugging in, this is what you're going to walk away with today. 
And that is Jeremy's opinion on where you should be allocating your marketing dollars within your own business. Because there are a lot of places uh, and a lot of ways to generate motivated seller leads. And so Jeremy's going to walk through what he considers really the four areas based on the current environment, everything that's happened, even what he was doing and thinking before everything uh, happened. And we're going to be able to walk away and you'll know these are the four areas based on Jeremy's experience generating millions of leads all across the country on how to allocate your budget. So let's get to the meat. What are the one of the four areas you're considering? And even before that, hit on the idea that you and I are talking about sticking to the fundamentals, which is important because I think people start to make impulsive decisions and think the game's completely change. So let's go into perspective and then hit on that first marketing channel. Yeah. So I think marketing is kind of like running a business. It's definitely a part of running a business. But if I think, you know, you and I joined EO not too long apart from each other. If I think about when I was an early entrepreneur, I jumped around to every idea and I was constantly changing direction. And as I've matured as a business owner, I really picked some specific lanes, stayed in them and started to act really consistently. And by doing that, I've seen our business really explode in growth over the last four or five years. The same to me is true in marketing. People early in their marketing career tend to jump around and look for the shiny object in marketing. And the most important thing, whatever channel that you're going down in marketing is to be consistent. Whatever channel you're doing, give it time, measure it over a significant period of time, certainly make adjustments and cut out marketing channels that, that don't work. But I see people jump between different methods, you know, two weeks here, two weeks there, two weeks there. And you're never going to be able to significantly increase your own lead gen activity if you're bouncing around constantly. So whatever method you choose, I would say overall, think about a commitment to time in that method of marketing rather than I'm going to try this for two weeks. It didn't work. I'm going to go try the next thing. Yeah. I hope you listening took that to heart because I think what Jeremy is saying is, in my opinion, Jeremy, one of the biggest problems I've seen in the real estate industry is people are, I use the word bouncers when it comes to marketing, nothing works. They're constantly bouncing around. They're not consistent and they don't give things enough time. And I love that you're drilling home this message because if you're listening, one of the reasons you might be struggling with marketing is because of the three things Jeremy just said. You're bouncing, you're not giving it enough time and you're not being consistent. And man, I think you've nailed it, Jeremy. And I would tell you after my years, that's some of the three biggest lessons I've learned personally through some of the pain I've gone through by being those three things. So let's go into the first one. Where would you tell people to consider allocating their marketing dollars? What's the first channel? So, you know, the, the channel that I love the best when it comes to marketing for motivated home sellers really is pay-per-click advertising. It is pretty expensive these days. It's a very, very competitive channel. But I think especially during uh, coronavirus, the cost of pay-per-click advertising has dropped fairly significantly. There are a lot of real estate investors and even national real estate investing companies that have hunkered down, shut down their advertising, or just kind of huddled up waiting to see what's going to happen. And that creates a lot of opportunity for the smaller entrepreneurs that want to do digital marketing, targeting uh, motivated home sellers, because the competition in the marketplace for those ads is less. You know, Google advertising and Microsoft advertising are pay-per-click channels that are auction-based. And so you're constantly bidding against every other real estate investor in your market for what you're willing to pay when somebody searches sell my house fast for cash. And so we've seen a reduction in the competition, which means a reduction in the price of that type of marketing. The other great thing is that a lot of the really big companies that 
don't directly target motivated home sellers in the in kind of the investment world, but do on the edges are the iBuyers. And those have completely shut down operations. So Zillow, Opendoor, Offerpad, a lot of these big companies that were buying thousands and thousands of houses have completely put a pause on that, which creates more opportunity for home sellers to go online, not find them as a solution, but find a real estate investor who will also pay them cash for their house. Mm, that's good. So the two reasons why pay-per-click or digital marketing, even social media is more valuable now Number one, the price is down. So you can advertise at a less expensive rate. And number two, the big boys are out of the picture right now. So that means that there's more market share for us. So those are two shifts that would obviously move pay-per-click up in your mind as something to really focus on. Although, as you said, this is something you were doing pre-COVID-19. That's right. And one of the great things about pay-per-click advertising that is more difficult to do with direct mail and very difficult to do with things like television are being able to very very quickly respond to market conditions with your ad copy and your landing pages and kind of the message that you have out there. Uh, you know, for example, if you go to webuyhouses.com right now, we have a giant red banner at the top of the website that says we're still buying houses under COVID-19. Uh, and so all of our marketing is driving people to a website, but they're getting information that's relevant to their current situation. It's not you know, the same old commercial on TV that's been running for five years, it's relevant local information to them. And so we, we updated all of our ad copy and fast home offer for our uh, paper lead business uh, to include ad copy relative to COVID-19 and people staying at home and, you know, what's still working uh, because people go looking for a solution. And if you've got 10 companies that just say, uh, you know, we'll buy your house for cash and then a company with ad copy that's really talking about buying houses in the current environment, that's much more relevant to that person's situation. And you're much more likely to get their attention, get their click, and then get them as a lead into your business if you customize your ad copy. And in digital marketing, you can do that in 10 minutes, right? You don't have to print new postcards. You don't have to cut a new TV spot. You can very quickly iterate through some of those things and test it and see what works. Absolutely. So number one, digital marketing, pay-per-click, social media advertisement. Let's go to number two, where should we consider allocating our marketing dollars? What's the second channel that you like that you continue to capitalize on? Yeah, so I think digital is a no-brainer. For us, the number two channel uh, across kind of all the different marketing that we do would be direct mail. You know, a lot of people complain direct mail is dead, but somehow millions and millions of pieces of direct mail are still going out and people are still making a lot of money with it. And I tend to still be a huge fan and we do a lot of direct mail still. Part of the reason I love direct mail is much like pay-per-click advertising where somebody's searching for a keyword. With direct mail, we have such good information on demographics that you can really dial in the exact type of person that you want to sell a house, that you want to market with your marketing that has equity, that's over a certain age, that's within a certain zip code, that's in a certain economic status, that is maybe a couple payments behind. There are literally thousands of things you can do to tease out a direct mail list so that the only people getting your your marketing are the people that it's the most relevant to. Uh, the other great thing about direct mail is that with the advent of really sophisticated digital printers, uh, we were talking about this earlier, you can send 100,000 pieces of direct mail that are 100,000 different versions of that piece of direct mail. So we think about this in, in how car dealerships use it. A lot of us have gotten a piece of direct mail from a car dealership saying, you know, time to upgrade your car. And it's got a picture of your car, the right color, the right model, the right make, the right year. And they sent out hundreds of thousands of pieces that were all completely customized. 
And it was almost negligibly more expensive than sending out the exact same piece to everybody because with digital printing, it's easy to vary that. We've got one of the companies we work with that if you do a direct mail piece, they can actually place the Google Street View image of the house that you're sending that piece of direct mail to on the cover of the postcard. So somebody gets a piece of direct mail, it's got a picture of their house on the front of it and says, you know, do you want to sell your house? I would use that with caution. It freaks a lot of people out that you drove by and were kind of facing their house. (laughs) So I'm still a huge, huge fan of direct mail. We send massive amounts of direct mail every month and still find it to be very effective. I would say with direct mail, the important thing is consistency. Uh, The reason a lot of people feel like direct mail doesn't work is they do one or two campaigns. They don't get a lot of calls and then they just kind of give up. And um, we've found you just have to be really consistent with it. Build a really good list of people that are likely to sell that fit your demographics. And then just continue to hit them every couple of months over and over and over again. And over time, it will really build into a channel that's very profitable. But if you just do one or two campaigns, you're better off not doing it. Yeah. I'm glad that you speak to that because there's a lot of debate around direct mail right now. If it's dead, if it's not dead. I also love the fact that what you said is there isn't consistency. And so a lot of people I hear saying direct mail doesn't work. They only drop a couple campaigns and then they stop. And they usually kind of yo-yo back and forth. They'll get a lot of leads. They'll run over. They'll work those leads. They'll stop doing direct mail. The pipeline will dry up. Then they'll pop back over and do And they're just yo-yoing between the two rather than running a consistent direct mail campaign that's going to generate leads. So full, full agreement with that as well. Let's go to number three. What's number three? Where is the other place we should consider putting our marketing dollars? Yeah, so I think digital is, is definitely kind of the number one spot. Direct mail is still huge for us. Uh, the third is, to me, there is still a lot to be done in kind of broadcast media, the large-scale broadcast formats of TV, radio, billboards, those types of things. Um, I think those are still very effective uh, with some caveats. One is that if you're spending, depending on the size of your market, if you're spending less than five or $10,000 a month in marketing, those channels are probably not for you. And all of the uh, broadcast marketing channels, again, like direct mail, consistency is really important, right? You do a lot of radio. If you run three radio ads and then don't do any more radio ads and sit back and wait for the phone to ring, it's just not going to happen. The key is consistency. It's it's consistency so that the person sees your billboard five times. They hear the radio spot six times. They see the TV commercial six times. And that starts to imprint in their brain. They start to build trust with your brand because of the repetition. And then when they're ready to sell their house, they give you a call. But if you try to one-off broadcast media, it is just not going to work and you're better off not doing it. But, but I've found you can find really, really great deals. Uh, again, especially now because of COVID-19, a lot of advertisers have pulled back. And so there's some opportunities to get some really great deals out there in, in the broadcast channels. Uh, and I know you know more about uh, broadcast radio than probably anybody in the real estate investing space. So you can talk to that. I agree with you. Two things I'd hit on there is you're right about the frequency. Um, That's why we encourage anyone that advertises on radio, when they begin on a station, they need to start with 100 ads per month, which is fundamentally five ads per day. But one of the things we've found is you can actually get in on some of the smaller stations to kind of get your feet wet, to get that what I call revenue ball rolling. So you can go into the bigger stations and you can actually begin on those stations for a thousand to $2,000. And as long as you're hitting a hundred ads per month on that, it's great. And you're right. What I've actually noticed is the media buyers that we're able to go in and purchase with dealing with the sales reps and radio, 
that price has dropped tremendously. And people go, well, obviously it's lower. There's not as much people driving from work. There's not much commuting. And I go, I agree. But that's potentially only going to last, what, maybe another month or two, As even as I speak today. I know Friday being the day, what's today, the 30th in Dallas, they're already starting to open back up today, right? As of the 30th. And people don't realize we're locking in those prices for a year. So yes, it's discounted. Yeah, the lead volume might get, be a little bit lower for the next 30, 60 days. But then there's another 10 months, Jeremy, yeah. well, which we've got it, that locked in. Chris, I think that's such an important point that a lot of people might miss. You know, the story of how Southwest Airlines was so profitable for many, many years when all the other airlines were struggling. If you read the story of one of the reasons why that was, it's because they locked in fuel prices. This is, you know, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. They locked in fuel prices at a really low rate and bought out into the future so that when all of these airlines, the fuel prices skyrocketed, they were paying really high fuel prices. Southwest Airlines was still paying a much, much reduced rate and fuel is one of the biggest expenses of an airline. And this is beyond just advertising. I think entrepreneurs should be thinking about this. Really bring it. I know where you bring it. Bring right? the principle, baby. If you can keep your head on straight and not be scared and be looking for opportunity, there are probably a ton beyond advertising, but advertising for sure, a ton of opportunities to look around and say, where can I buy something at a really, really big discount because people need the sales right now and lock in that price for a year, two years, three years, whatever. Where can I pre-buy something at a massively reduced rate because the company needs the revenue, the company wants the money. And once things start to come back in a big way, you're going to be in such an advantaged position compared to other people in the market. In our business, we've already been doing this with a lot of companies that we work with, you know, offering to prepay for things, buy things in bulk, uh, do things that give them revenue now when they really need it. But a year from now, when everybody's blowing and going, we're in this really advantaged situation because we're paying less than all the competitors in the marketplace for different services yeah. and different things. So I would encourage every entrepreneur to look at everything on their P&L, everything that they buy, and think through, can I make an offer to somebody to prepay or lock in a contract price over time? Uh, because we know things are going to come back to normal. It's just a matter of time and prices are going to come back. And um, boy, if you can save 50%, 75% uh, because you really were thoughtful about what you did in the tough times, I think that can really skyrocket a lot of businesses on, uh, on their growth rate once we kind of come out of this thing. Yeah. Well said, Jeremy. Well said. I hope everyone understood the principle that Jeremy just threw down. And people are going, hey, there's, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, the old phrase, there's blood in the streets. I know that that means there's opportunity, but people are like, where is the opportunity? And Jeremy just opened up a perspective for you that one of the opportunities is to get in and lock stuff in long term. So, man, I like it, Jeremy. We're heating up, baby. The wisdom's <laughs> coming. The principles are coming. And I want to confirm one thing. Jeremy, the reason it's funny that you're on this podcast is because I called you last week and I said, Jeremy, I need some confirmation around how I'm advertising in my business. And if you're listening, you're like, okay, well, Jeremy's saying this, Chris, where are you at? We have fundamentally four pillars in our business for marketing. Uh, obviously, we hit on them, which is you. We do direct mail, we do digital marketing, and we do mass media, which is radio. People go, well, what is your fourth? We do JV and co-wholesale. But the three you've hit, Jeremy, are the three that we're utilizing. And so when I called you, I was like, I need assurance, Jeremy, that have things shifted that much? Where should I be spending my money? 
And the thing you said is stick to the fundamentals. Just consider maybe shifting some of that marketing budget around based on what's at a lower price right now, like mass media, like pay-per-click, those things, get those things locked in. So I'm confirming personally, I'm listening loud and clear to what you're saying. So I love it. Let's come down and give the fourth one. What's the fourth place people should consider putting their marketing dollars? Well, number four can go a lot of different directions because I think you've really got these kind of main areas of marketing that you should fully exploit before you start going to some of these other kind of more creative things. Uh, Certainly, we've seen a lot of activity in some of the email marketing side of things. Uh, and then text messaging, ringless voicemail, some of these Let's things. Let's go there. What are your thoughts? I mean, it's yeah. a hot topic. RVM, text yeah. blasting, is going to get regulated? Are they going to come in and disrupt it? What's going on here? This is a hot topic. Break us yeah. down on what... Uh, look, I know a lot of people that are using it, and it has been very, very effective for uh, for a lot of people in the real estate industry. And, um, and it's working great in a lot of cases. The struggle, I think, is that if you read the letter of the law, most people are operating outside of the letter of the law when it comes to text message blasts, ringless voicemail. I know a lot of people are trying to do really creative things where uh, you know somebody in Malaysia is hand typing in a text message so that it's not computer generated. Um, you know, all of these things ultimately are, um, I think, going to be really clamped down on. So I would not build a business around uh, ringless voicemail and fast text and things like that because I'm really of the opinion that in the next year or so, a lot of those things, it's just going to be too dangerous to do them. They're really going to start locking down on people that are abusing the systems. And so we don't do any of that in our business right now to generate leads. I know a lot of people do it and it's effective, but I think we're going to start seeing a lot more cases of people getting popped for doing some of these things that are really abusing it. There's certainly some people that are operating legally, but I think a lot of people are really abusing it. And you know, it works until it doesn't. But out of that, those three, you would say, hey, put some time and attention and money toward the actual email blasting. That's different. That's not going to be potentially get disrupted, become illegal. That's a good place to consider marketing, correct? Email is a fantastic place to consider marketing. And I would say the, you know, the way that we look at email is not necessarily that you're doing a you know, massive email blast to hundreds of thousands of people saying, do you want to sell your house? I know people that do that you got to weed through a lot, a lot of junk to get to one little kernel of a a good lead. Where I think the real magic in email marketing is and where a lot of investors really drop the ball is the automated follow-up marketing for all of the leads that come to their pipeline. So if I think about all the leads that come in, let's say you're an investor and you've got 20, 30, 50, 100 leads per month that are coming into your system. Likely on the first contact, you're only going to buy a small percentage of those properties making sure that everybody else gets dropped into a regular email follow-up marketing system keeps you in front of them and costs you almost nothing. And what I see, I mean, even investors that are making millions and millions of dollars, uh, one of the mistakes I see that they make is they'll answer the phone, they'll talk to the person, they can't arrive on a price, and they hang up the phone and that person's gone forever. Um, And that person might end up selling their house to an investor three or six months down the road once they've gotten more realistic about what they want to get out of the house or they listed it and didn't sell. So once you've spent all the money in marketing to capture that home seller's attention and brought them in the door, you've spent the money, you really need a system to keep following up with them forever until they stay, say, stop following up. And it is really easy to design some of these systems. I mean, there are software packages out there that do everything for you. You just need to plug in the emails that you want to go out and the schedule that you want them to go out. 
but much like with direct mail, you know, we'll get calls from people that got a postcard six months ago, 12 months ago, and they call in and say, you know, well, it wasn't the right time then, but I saved your postcard and, you know, now I'm ready to sell. Well, imagine six months later, 12 months later, you got a call off a radio ad and you drop that person into just your email funnel that's not spammy, it's not salesy, it's just kind of providing value over time. And then six, 12 months from now, they've seen your face every two weeks for the last year and they're ready to sell. Who are they going to call? Well, they're going to call Chris because he's been in my, in my inbox every two weeks and added a lot of value to me. And you just had to set it up once and never again and just kind of runs. So to me, that's so your the magic perspective, of marketing. I want to hit that down because what you're saying is you're not cold email blasting. No. You're actually utilizing email to nurture all of the leads that are coming in from all of your sources. So just like you build a cash buyers list to market your property to, those of us listening should be building a long-term, uh, let's call it follow-up email that's going into every single uh, going to every single seller lead that comes in regardless of the source. And it's fundamentally incubating them for years to come. Now that's valuable because I don't hear a lot of people talking about this because I think when people first heard email, they're like, oh, blast, blast. And what you're saying is nurture, nurture, nurture because those leads at some point will turn around. And I bet, let me ask you this question. Not only does that person turn around and buy, I bet at times you probably potentially get referrals too as well, correct? Absolutely. I mean, the key is you're trying to kind of stay top of mind for that consumer, right? Just kind of trying to stay in their mind so that when they think, sell my house to an investor or sell my house for cash. They don't go search for a solution. They think, oh, I know a company. They've been sending me emails and telling me, you know, how to do repairs on my house and how to think about how to price my house and just providing value. Uh, and so you'll absolutely get referrals and, um, and you'll get people that come back, you know, months or years later. And I think, you know, we spend so much money on marketing. I mean, if, if you think about doing any kind of marketing at scale as an investor, it costs in most markets, $100 a lead to $1,000 a lead in a lot of areas to generate a true motivated home seller lead in, in advertising dollars. So you think about how much money you've spent on the front end to get that phone to ring, to get that person to fill out a lead form. Doing that email follow-up marketing costs almost nothing. I mean, the, the software packages are $100 a month or less. And I bet if, if somebody does that consistently, they could increase the number of deals that they do by 10 or 15, 20% just by implementing that system. So you think about mm. the number of leads that come in and how much money you spend on those leads, yeah. 10 or 20% bump over the next couple of years, the number of deals you do, how much is that worth in taking the time to set up a follow-up system? Yeah, which cost, as you said, a couple hundred bucks for the actual software right. and pay a VA X amount of dollars to just load those in there. Right. Wow, Jeremy, you brought it today. Let me hit those four. Digital marketing, direct mail, mass media being radio, TV, billboards, and email marketing, not blasting, but good follow-up on the leads you're already generating. Now, there's one last thing I want to hit on for you, Jeremy. And that is, in the beginning, you talked about what you do. The way that I see you is you're a turnkey lead generator provider. You're someone that comes in and says, hey, feel free to generate leads in your own company, but this is what I do on a mass scale millions of dollars nationwide. You have a pay per lead program where you do all of the back-end marketing and then people can come in and actually just buy leads uh, for a price per lead. Talk a little bit about that. And if someone's interested, where would they go to find out more? Yeah, I appreciate it. 
Well, you, you said it great. We do national advertising to connect with motivated home sellers that want to sell their house for cash to an investor and drive them through a funnel system uh, and then connect them with local investors, agents, brokers uh, that make an offer to buy their house or make an offer to list their house. And part of the reason that is, uh, in my opinion, a lot better than kind of the do-it-yourself system. You can only be great at so many things in your business. I can only be great at so many things in my business. And what we're experts at is the marketing side of things. And when you market nationally, you get huge economies of scale that allow you to pay less per lead to generate leads because you're doing it at a really broad level. If you buy TV nationally, it's much less expensive to buy one commercial for the entire nation than buy individual commercials in cities all over the country. And so uh, we have just gotten really, really good at understanding exactly how to connect with motivated home sellers, um, exactly how to qualify them to make sure that they're a good fit for a, a cash sale, and then in a completely automated fashion, distribute them out locally to a, an investor or agent that's going to help them. Uh, and so that business is Fast Home Offer. We've had it for 20 years. We're probably the largest advertiser for motivated home sellers and generator of motivated home sellers in the country. Tens of thousands of motivated home sellers contact us every year. And, um, and so somebody can go to uh, fasthomeoffer.com, click on the investor button, and that will connect them to a page with it to get some basic information. And one of our team will follow up with you, tell you more about the process. Uh, you know, most cases, Fast Home Offer is about a thousand to a couple thousand dollar a month investment. But if you're serious about buying houses, flipping houses, wholesaling houses, uh, it's a really great system for investors. Uh, and then the other business that we have is webuyhouses.com, which is really a turnkey licensing system for investors. So local offices operate as webuyhouses.com. They run their businesses webuyhouses.com. And it's probably one of the most well-known, most trusted brands on the consumer side for selling your house to an investor. I mean, every one of our guys that goes out to somebody's house and says, I'm with webuyhouses.com, it's amazing because that consumer immediately has this feeling of, oh, you guys are the big national company. I've heard of you, I've seen all your signs. Now I have this level of trust that you're not a you know, fly-by-night guy in his garage that's coming out to steal my house from me. Uh, and so we've really been proud of what we've done with that brand and building it nationally. And we offer exclusive licenses uh, to people where they can own a, a territory uh, within webuyhouses.com. So that, and then Fast Home Offer is the lead gen business. You know, we work with thousands and thousands of investors all over the country. You and I have known each other for 10 years and done a lot of work together over the years. And so in addition to just kind of talking about our businesses, I mean, my encouragement to people is keep going, stay consistent, stay positive. Uh, you know, Don't put your head in the sand. Now is the time where millions of dollars are made and where massive amounts of opportunity are available if you just kind of keep in that mindset and think that way. Whether you're working with us or not, don't completely shut down your marketing. You don't want to be have a completely empty pipeline when the real estate market takes off, right? You got to restart the engine. It'll take you a month or two to get going and you're going to miss a huge amount of opportunity. And uh, even if you've got to reduce your marketing, that's okay. But don't just turn stuff off and hunker down for two months because a year from now, you're going to really regret it and say, man, I missed out on the huge opportunity in real estate because I was just huddled up and scared. So that's kind of my advice to people. That's what we're doing. We've certainly changed a ton about our business and how we operate. All of our employees are working from home, but we're really operating from a mindset of there is huge opportunity right now. We need to be thinking about what do we do now so that as things come out, we're set up and poised to take advantage of you know, the market changes and what's happening. Absolutely. And I love that you answered that question because people are like, should I turn on my marketing or keep it on or should I turn it off? And I love the analogy you said, 
You don't want to be at a place where you have to restart the engine and you've lost momentum. And those of us that stayed in the game, stayed consistent, kept marketing, when it turns, boom, we're going to be ahead of everyone because we already have the momentum. And obviously wrapping up, thank you for that. You can go to Fast Home Offers, check out We Buy Houses. I think those are great resources. And of course, on our side, again, Jeremy, you said it, of the four you're looking at, you love mass media. And as I said, there is a window for radio right now. I've never seen stations in my nine years of doing this, this negotiable, willing to go to the rates that they are right now as quickly as they are and to lock those rates in for a year. And again, I don't know how much longer the window is going to last because when things start getting opening up, I can tell you radio stations are going to go, well, things are getting better. People are starting to advertise again, and some of those deep discounted opportunity rates are going to be gone. So that's always the deal, right? You sit on the sideline, you watch, and you miss an opportunity. So definitely check us out. Go to wholesalinginc.com forward slash REI radio, wholesalinginc.com forward slash REI radio. Book a call. See if radio is open for your area and take advantage of what Jeremy's talking about, being able to pick things up at a discount and lock them in. Jeremy, you are the man. I thank you for your wisdom, your experience. You're a guy that literally has built a true expertise. So I always say, I have to understand marketing in the context of the 20 things I do in my business. You live in a world where you think about marketing at a level we can't because that's what your businesses do. And I love the fact that you bring that expertise, man. So thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. It's a pleasure. All right. Talk to you later. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at InvestorGrit.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.